Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. I got no time for the corner boys Down in the street Making all that noise The girls out on the avenue Hello and welcome. I'm going to talk with my friend and coaching client and my photographer and brand photographer, uh, Alicia Bruce. I hope you enjoy this talk. We're going to talk a little bit about seership, and then she's going to tell you what she's doing now, and she's an amazing human, and I hope you love her. If you suddenly become interested in seership, and I hope you do, just head to kristenkelp.com slash S-Y-S, and there are magical times that you can schedule to talk to me for 15 minutes, and we can decide if seership is right for you. Or if you can't find that link, you can just shoot me an email, k at kristenkelp.com, and we will make the magic happen. Thank you so much for listening. You can hear Neville playing with his ball in the background. It is thoroughly being destroyed. And I will catch you later. Hello, and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. Today, we're talking with the Bruce, not the Bruce Springsteen, uh, but, <laughs> but Alicia Bruce, who is um, lovely and wonderful, and I wanted you all to meet her. So, hello. Hello. I did <laughs> podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I've listened uh, to enough of them. I know it. Right? You know what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us um, your title and job description and um, what you do in your words? Well, my title is Alicia Bruce. I am me, and I am a former meteorologist turned photographer um, because working for somebody else sucks, so now I'm my own boss. Um, And I work with couples and brands um, who are young at heart, creative, awesome, um, and like to be a little quirky and kind of... um, 
live outside the box of the norm. They don't mind uh, being their own person in life. And I feel like that's kind of how I am too. And yeah, so I, I take pretty pictures for people. I hook up brands and couples with awesome photos of themselves or their work or their product. And um, then we have a lot of fun together and maybe make awkward people feel a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera because that's how I am. So I kind of come at it from that, that side of things like, Hey, we're not all models. This isn't natural and easy for everybody. So let's, let's be awkward together and make this fun. So that's kind of how I roll. Yes. And you're very, very good at it. But I want to go back to, um, the very beginning, um, you were referred to me by someone I really trust. And mm -hmm. I was like, I remember being afraid to talk to you because you were so elegant and refined. <laughs> like just so refined and so like perfect in every way from everything that I could tell on your website and from your Instagram and those sorts of things. Um, and those people usually don't hire me. I usually don't get prestige people. Right. And so I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then we talked and I loved you and I was so confused by everything. Um, so tell me what happened. So I remember our fo first phone call and your words were, would you describe yourself as elegant and chic? And I literally almost fell off my chair because that anybody who knows me knows those are two words that would never, ever in any lifetime be used to describe me. I am awkward. I am a nerd. I am colorful and bright and weird and kind of gangly and, you know, all kinds of things that are not elegant or chic. I am type B. I am laid back. I am chill. <laughs> And yet, yes. <laughs> you were like, yeah, but your website makes you look like that. And so when clients are trying to work with you, they see this beautiful website, this fine artwork, this very refined, you know, everything perfection. And then they meet you and they're probably like, what the hell? This is not what I thought I was getting. Um, so we worked together for several dominatrixing sessions. and. Um, tried to pull me out more. Um, so I think it was in Introverts at Work, you wrote this blurb about being vanilla and not in the sense that you're boring vanilla, but like vanilla as in you're trying to appeal to everybody. And that's what I was doing. And I remember when I read that, like that's kind of what sold me after Beryl had been saying, you have to work with Kristen and I read through like your introverts at work thing. And I read that blurb and I was like, dude, this is so what I've been doing. I've been like kind of whitewashing who I am and trying to be normal and appeal to everybody and appeal to all these people who want fine art, pretty photos and perfection and forgetting that like I shop in mod cloth and I sew my own skirts that have like colorful little eyeglasses on them, you know, the fabric print and, you know, I'm, I'm not, fine art and elegant and refined and chic. I just am not. And so you helped me kind of embrace that as part of my business to say, it's okay that you're not like that. Let's use that to your advantage. And it has turned my business around. Yeah. Cause people don't expect you to be wearing $800 shoes when you show up. <laughs> yeah. Like they get it that I'm going to show up to meet them and probably be wearing Converse and like, uh, you know, a, a t-shirt with a bear on it or something. I don't know. Like that's just who I am. And so my friends accept that and love that. 
my clients get that, you know, they hire me because of that. And so it's, it's just turned everything around. And now I just fully embrace that about myself. Yeah, it's been really good to watch. And then at some point soon after you decided to do seriorship. And do you remember yes. why you decided to do seriorship? Well, for the longest time, my friend Beryl, who was the one who referred me to you, um, would always tell me, oh, you know, Kristen did steerership and it was the greatest thing for me. You know, after doing that, I, I was able to quit my job and, and do, you know, my business full time. And she was like, if she ever runs it again, I know it was three years ago and she might not, but like, if she does, you have to do it. And um, we had that conversation again in my car one day and literally the next day you sent an email and she was like, I swear I didn't know that she was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't like her planting a seed in me. I did not know. You literally the next day sent an email saying, I'm actually going to run Seriorship again. And so I think like that day or that week, I was like done in signed up for it because I trusted that it was going to be, I mean, I, I had been working with you, so I trusted it was going to be awesome in the first place. But then, you know, through Beryl also saying that, that it was going to be great. I'm like, all right, I'm in, let's do this. Yeah. And then it takes like six months. And so do you remember, cause it was two years ago. Do you remember what changed during those six months? I think the first six months, like everything was, um, calls and, and kind of Facebook group when you were still on Facebook. And so we were kind of all slowly trying to get to know each other. Um, and you know, through our calls, you definitely had started setting the, the course, um, kind of setting it up basically getting us to to prepare for the actual steerership retreat part of it um so yeah i think we were just uh, doing a lot of behind the scenes work to prep our businesses and start to think about what we needed to work on and what we needed to change and um yeah kind of gear up for the main intensive part which was the actual retreat that we went to where we really dug into all that stuff um, and got a little messy, but it was awesome. <laughs> it got messy in more ways than one. Like we were, there was some ugly crying, but we were also messy, like with paint twister. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You have messy you have all in many ways. Of messy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and were you, cause it's scary to do that work. Cause at some point you realize that seriorship is not just like, well, my website's better. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, it's like a deeper thing. Were you scared? at some points kind of in a way to find out like I'm, I'm all ears and all open for making changes to my business because I'm like, I, I trust you. I know what you're, I know that you know what you're doing and I'm willing to make any changes I need to or experiment with things to be like, well, hopefully this, this helps and this works propel my business. But the scary part is when I know that going into this, that we also have to work on ourselves and that's the scary part because um, through your program, Empath, the Empaths one, mm -hmm. I learned that I close myself off a lot emotionally. I don't like to feel. Um, I, you know, at a certain point, I hadn't cried really in a few few years, which sound, you know, I've I've since let those gates open, and now I cried everything. Um, so, knowing that we were going to dig into ourselves as well. Uh, because our business is an extension of ourselves, basically, I was like a little afraid of that. And it, it, but it, it was good. I needed it. 
So I definitely did some business and personal soul searching at Steeriorship. So we discovered at the time I was having a lot of body image issues because I had, you know, hit my 30s and my metabolism changed and I started to put on a little bit more weight because I'd always been like really tall and skinny and gangly. And so I was starting to put on some weight because my body's like, hey, procreate. Um, <laughs> right. I have hips. Yeah, even though my though. brain's like, no, not necessary. It's cool. I have a dog. <laughs> That's all I need. But my body's like, get on it, woman. Um, so it's trying to prepare for that. And I'm like, I wasn't comfortable in myself. And so that was spilling over into all these other parts of my life, including the way that I hid myself from my business too. So it all kind of stems back to yourself. So we really had to dig in. We had to go there. So I was a little afraid of it, but in the end, I'm glad that we did. Yeah. And what did um, your partner, John, have to say about the whole dealio? Like steership in general? Yeah. Cause he, cause it's, um, they don't get to go with you, the partners, right. obviously. And then they have like this new person arrives. Yeah. So he also has had noticed a lot of changes once I got back that I wanted to make changes in myself that I was starting to be open to feeling more, um, experiencing more emotion, not closing myself off. Cause you know, I'm the person when somebody, people come to me and tell me all their problems. Um, and yet I'm the one that's just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I just, I don't want to talk about it. Like I have no problem into it. I don't want to talk about it but everybody spills their stuff on me, like typical empath stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I was starting to open up a little bit more, really talk about how I was feeling, talk a little bit more about the fact that like I was hating my body and not feeling comfortable. And thus, you know, that was changing a lot of things about me. So I've since, you know, started Weight Watchers and, you know, I'm down 15, 20 pounds, which is pretty much what I needed to lose anyway. But, mm -hmm. you know, starting to make healthier changes and that spilled over to my business. I was starting to get my motivation back. I was starting to feel better about putting myself out there. And so he has noticed all this and has been supportive 100% of the way anyway. Um, and so he's, he's always wanting to know, you know, what does Kristen think of this? That's what, always what he says when I have a question about business. Have you talked to Kristen? What does she think? <laughs> he knows also that you are a trusted person to turn to. Um, so yeah, he's noticed that it's, it's made such a huge change in myself as well ever since that trip or yeah. the whole program in general. Yeah. It's a really cool thing to watch. And um, it's often, I repeat things that your partner has said to you like a billion times. And then when right. I say it, you actually hear it and they're like, God damn it. <laughs> Well, one of the, okay, so this is so minor, but like I, my um, cycle during the day is like, I want to fall asleep at my desk at one or 2 PM. Like after lunchtime, I'm like dead to the world, but I try and push through. And for years, John's like, just go take a nap. You'll feel better. But then for some reason at steership, you were like, you're a napper. I give you permission in the middle of the day. If you need 30 minutes to go lay down so you can come back and be refreshed, then do it. And for some reason that was like, oh, well, if Kristen said it, okay, then I, it's, it's like <laughs> right? I have permission to do it. So then he'll, he'll be like, go take a nap. And I'm like, okay, okay. No, then I actually feel like I have real work permission. And then I come back to my desk and I'm all good to go. It's just silly things like that where, you know, you'll pick up on those little things 
and you're like, this is going to make you more productive or a better person <laughs> at the end of the day if you just do this. And it's kind of like, oh, I have that permission. I don't know. It's kind yeah, of- no, and it's going to make your partner like you more because if you've had a nap, you're a better person. Yeah, exactly. You personally, the Alicia yes. Bruce, much yes. better person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear them. <laughs> Um, I also remember that you, one of the things that worried you the most was just, was the travel to get to, cause you were coming from the East coast to get mm-hmm. to the West coast for the retreat. And there was a lot of anxiety about that. Yeah. And now you are like leading <laughs> ladies to get the headshots in Paris. <laughs> so like there's been this massive shift in anxiety and can you talk about, I don't think that was a result of stewardship. I don't know what that came from, but can you talk about that? that well, it kind of was because I, I mean, anyone who's close to me knows that I had a fear of flying since I was a kid. Like, I mean, I, I actually have diagnosed anxiety and one of those fears has always been flying. So I've had so many panic attacks on planes. I've refused to get on planes. I've sat outside a gate sobbing, crying, saying, I'm not getting on this plane. I've, I've been on, wanted to get off. I had a panic attack and I regret this now, but there was a woman in my seat breastfeeding a baby and in the midst of my panic attack, I can't breathe. I'm sobbing. I'm yelling at her, get out of my seat. I need to sit down. Like, um, just out of my mind. Couldn't, couldn't fly. I'd be popped up on Xanax for a 45 minute flight from Manchester, New Hampshire to Philadelphia when I was coming home from college, like could not handle a 45 minute flight. So, the thing was, I've always had dreams to travel, always had these dreams to travel the world and, and visit all these places. So when stewardship was going to be in California, I was like, dude, <laughs> I have to go to this. But, oh, my God, I'm going to have to fly by myself across the country. Am I crazy? Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I did it and I signed up. And, you know, my mom, we call her tough love Terry. She's never been one to just like enable She's been the one that's like, get your ass on the plane, you're going. Um, and I always am thankful for that because she never let me just hide into my anxiety. She always wanted me to push through it. So, you know, in the days leading up to this trip, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. What if something happens on the plane? Da, da, da. I was freaking out. And um, uh, I think I took a Xanax on the flight out um, just to calm me down. And um, once I arrived in San Diego, I was just like, oh my God, I flew across the country by myself. Right? (laughs) For some people, it's just like, now for me, it's no big thing. But like at the time, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. So, you know, I was kind of solo for the first couple days. I stayed with a friend of mine that lived out there and kind of, you know, we hung out. And then, you know, I did steer ship. And then I had a few more days where I stayed with my friend again and had a day where I was just bopping around the area by myself. And, it was my first kind of taste into that solo travel. And as an introvert, being by myself didn't bother me. Um, it was just more of like the flying and traveling part that I was worried about. So anyway, flying home, um, I didn't take any medicine. I didn't have a panic attack. And I was just like, dude, this is crazy. So I started to have this little thing in my head of like, well, if I just did that, what if I use some time during the down season in work? You know, the winter is not super busy with weddings. Um, what if I go somewhere, you know? So I had been to Paris before, and, and after lots of, you know, checking into flights, I decided to go back to Paris. It's, I love speaking French. I love 
the city of Paris. It just seemed like the right fit to go solo. So I talked to John and I'm like, what do you think about this? And he was like, well, I, you know, obviously I can't go with you because my work schedule, but if you want to do this, do it. And so that week that I had been thinking about this, I had a client come through. It was like a marketing firm who booked me for, you know, an all day photo session, headshots, all kinds of stuff for them. And it ended up covering my flights and then some. And so I took that as a sign of like, you know what, let's do this. So I booked my flights to Paris. I flew over there, no Xanax, no panic attacks, stayed a week in Paris by myself, flew home. I haven't medicated since um, San Diego, the first flight out there. Um, yeah. And are you proud of yourself? Like I'm, I'm like, proud of you, but are you proud of you? Oh my God. Ridiculously. <laughs> I look through, I've since, you know, traveled to Paris several more times. I've flown to Italy. I've gone to Hawaii. Um, yeah, this year I went to Paris, Hawaii, and Ecuador so far, um, just in 2018. And I still pinch myself. I look through my travel journals and I cannot believe that it's the same person because I'm like, I couldn't even fly 45 minutes without having a panic attack, even though I had taken Xanax. And now I'm flying... You know, I flew almost 25,000 miles last year. Um, and this year I'm almost to that already. So I still like, I can't believe, I can't believe the changes that have come. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it does stem with you, you plan steer your ship. So that it was kind of in a place where it was a little bit away from most of us. So we all had to travel to get there. So it was like, we needed to be away from that comfort zone. And then through the changes I made, with myself from that trip, like learning to be a little bit more brave and, and things like that. Like, I feel like there is some of it from that trip that really stemmed into this. Um, so yeah, now I'm, I'm living this dream of getting to travel and it's crazy. I still can't believe that it's me after having lived with this fear and anxiety literally my entire life. It's really, really amazing. And then you took um, how many women to Paris this year? There was nine of us. So I, I took eight plus myself. We went because I got back from Paris last year in September. Um, and I went twice last year. And I was like, man, I had a few photo sessions there just for like friends of friends who were expats. And I was like, man, I loved getting outside of my norm of Northern Virginia to do photo shoots, but how in the world am I ever going to book actual photo shoots in Paris? Like why would they hire me over a local photographer? Um, and I thought, well, what if I took people there? Mm -hmm. So I put, <laughs> I put this crazy message out on Facebook. I was like, I just want to take a group of people to, to Paris and take headshots and photos of them. Is that so much to ask? And I had so many people like, dude, if you do this, tell me I want to go. And I mean, within days I had a sales page up because the, it's, it's like in um, the book, big magic, there's a blurb. One of the people says that like inspiration would just fly into her and she had to grab it or else it was going to fly by. Mm -hmm. That's literally how I would have described this. I, all the ideas would not stop coming. And I just, I, I made the, uh, you know, wrote, wrote some notes out and I made a sales page and I put it out there and I sold it out and I couldn't believe it. Cause I was like, Oh my God, people are going to, people are going to trust me with this. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then so, you yeah, did it. I, I 
I took a bunch of women to Paris, most of them business owners, but not all. Some mm -hmm. of them were just women who wanted to go and have like awesome photos of themselves. Um, and I, I gave them so much information ahead of time about, you know, the city that I love and I've studied for so many years and I've traveled to several times and I, I told them the places to go, where to eat, information about the neighborhood. We did group excursions together and then they had solo time and then we had planned photo shoots and we had, you know, kind of group photo shoots. Like we went to the Trocadero at sunrise and everybody had their chance in front of the camera there. And, um, some girls wanted photos at the Louvre really early in the morning, you know, outside by the glass pyramids before people were there. And, mm -hmm. um, we did all kinds of fun stuff. We went off the beaten path a little bit for some things. Um, had some really great food, had, had a great picnic, rode a boat and then it broke down and that almost became more fun than if the boat actually functioned the whole time <laughs> because we had this funny story. To tell and, yeah. You know, I know a little bit of French, but I had, you know, when they were giving me the pamphlet with the information when we left on the boat, because it was just us, we didn't, we were driving the boat. And I was like, Oh, I'll just take the French one just because it's fun for me to get everything in French because I can keep practicing. And of course, our boat breaks down and I'm trying to translate the, you know, emergency guide in this little pamphlet and everybody's <laughs> laughing. I'm like, of course I had to get the French one. I couldn't have done the English, you know? <laughs> so it was just, it turned into this like really funny thing. And we had so much fun and the, I think the photos turned out awesome. Um, so now everybody has these great photos of themselves on this trip. They didn't have to take selfies and they can use them for their business if they have one. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you listening, if you've ever seen um, a photo of me with pink hair, um, it's, <laughs> it's probably been shot by the Bruce in Asbury Park. Um, yes. You are really good at getting people to loosen the fuck up in front of the camera. And it's really half the time I'm like tripping, <laughs> right? like tripping over something. I'm like falling. Yeah. yeah but it's really it makes good. them be like, I'm not as awkward as I thought. Cause she's like really freaking awkward. I just don't feel intimidated by you. That's all. I don't think it's about awkward. It's not, it's just not about like, you're not like wearing a beret and being like, Oh my God, turn this up. Yes. 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 Yeah. Like, we had fun just, and we, whoa. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know when you're going back to Paris? Of course. Um, I think dogs. next, yes, we pet all the dogs. I think next spring. So 2019 spring, probably, probably May, I think. Um, I'm still setting dates and things like that now, but yeah, I'm very excited to take more people back because they all were just like, I was kind of met on Paris or I had never been, it wasn't a bucket list place. And now I'm obsessed and I love it. And I'm like, good. Because yeah. it's awesome. It's a it great awesome. city. It totally is. Mm -hmm. and the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, I used to be a photographer and I shot yeah. um, kids and families and mm -hmm. inanimate objects. I'm like, that's so boring. I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so my books, um, any perfection porn that I have of my books uh, has been shot by you. So I wanted mm -hmm. you to talk about... Um, there's product photography, which is like, there's, it's a white setup and a little tiny, you know, whatever, boring, like yeah. gay type shit. And then <laughs> like, and then there's like this gorgeous, magnificent product photography that you can do with any products in the world. And it's wonderful. And I wanted you to talk just a little bit more about that because you're so fucking good at it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I could try that. I could sit with my books for years and not come up with that. And it takes you, you're just like, chop, 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 chop. 
<laughs> well, part of it was like with, with weddings, like we would have to style the invites and things like that ahead of time and the shoes and all that. And I was so bad at it. And I, so, you know, years ago I reached out to a couple like invite vendors and I was like, Hey, can you send me some sample invites and I'll send you back some photos? Cause honestly I want the practice. So I would like do all that kind of thing. Um, and just sort of practice. And I sent them the invites and then on an actual wedding day, you know, you need to be good because you might have 20 or 30 minutes to get all those detail shots that a couple needs, um, of all this, their stuff. So, you know, I, I try to like do that as quick as I can and get it done with, but I realized that like when I was setting it up and I had the time to do it and lots of props and things to work with, I thought it was fun. It was just like a fun, creative thing to do when I had the time. Um, cause at a wedding you don't have the time. And honestly, I don't want to take the time at a wedding cause it's not the most important part. I'm more focused on like, here's the important things happening. Let's get this done with quick. Mm-hmm. So I was having fun shooting these, these invites and products that these people had sent me. Um, and so one of the things we talked about at Steer Your Ship was like, I'm doing weddings and couples. I want to expand what I do, but I don't want to do families. I don't want to do maternity. I don't want to do babies. I'm not comfortable with, with them. I don't think that I'm really great at doing them. It's not an interest. I really like shooting the like stuff. And so you and I kind of worked on that plan of like, what's your goal with brand photography? What do you want to specifically do? How can you make this work? And I mean, within two months of stewardship, I, I was like regularly booking brand photography. Like we really, we, that was, I think the one business thing we mostly buckled down on there. Um, and so it's been pretty steady and good ever since. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to work with a a client and be like, what's, what is your vision? What do you see with this? Um, you know, so whether it's food or whether it's, you know, I, I, sewing things or subscription boxes that people send out or, um, I, I don't know, I've done jewelry, um, whatever it is that somebody's selling um instagram is is huge these days and and the visual showing what you're selling is huge and and nobody wants to buy from somebody who's got crappy ass photos it's like that they took with their phone in the dark like (laughs) we're not gonna have good photos to sell your stuff like i'll be honest if i go to somebody's website and i see that the photos suck i'm just like oh they're not that serious about what they're doing or this isn't like a legit business and I move on. So if I'm like that as a, as a potential customer, so is everybody else. So, um, I just like hooking people up with some good photos. Cause like you focus on making whatever it is you make and let me focus on taking the photos. And then they end up having this huge library of basically like stock photos of their stuff that they can pull from and use on their website. They can blog about it. They can put it on social media and it's all ready to go. And so I have a few people who I work with like on a consistent, like bi-monthly basis. And then other people, maybe I work with seasonally to update stuff. Um, and sometimes people are just one-offs. Like I just need a whole bunch of photos right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really fun to do that and not just, yeah, it's just been fun to kind of, it's a, it's a new way to, it's a different way to be creative um, and get to try different styles and make people's stuff look really good because you put time into writing a book or sewing a, a purse or whatever it is that you're selling. You put time into it. 
So you may as well show it off really well. Yeah, it's amazing. And if somebody wants to um, send their books or goodness to you, where do they do that? Um, so my website is thealiciabruce.com. I'm the Alicia Bruce because there is another Alicia Bruce who's also a photographer from Scotland, and she has taken aliciabruce.com. Um, I actually met her when I was in Scotland, and it was really funny. So we had a lot of fun talking. So yeah, I had to be the Alicia Bruce. So just remember that the the. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so very important. My website's got everything on it. <laughs> I told you, yeah, because I you end up with the girl from Scotland, which is great, but that's not going to be helpful. Yeah, um, not at all. Because she doesn't shoot products. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I outline everything on there. I talk about the differences between brand photos versus product versus headshot photos, like lifestyle type of things. Um, I work with bloggers who need shots of their outfits for their posts every month or, you know, businesses who are selling thing so I outline that all in there I walk everybody through the process and I show you all kinds of good um perfection porn as Kristen calls it um of all my work etc and you'll see Kristen's face on there because her pink hair goes with my brand so <laughs> it does it's good it's good branding and I hire you uh, I'll hire you again next year like we do the the once a year headshot situation and um yeah it's it's that's how I get all of my photos of me the selfies are hard. And your photos are so fun because you're like, confetti, let's play, smoke bombs. It's so much fun. <laughs> right? I'm like, when you, need, when you need new headshots or like lifestyle photos for your blog or like something you need to Instagram or whatever, like they don't have to be boring. You don't have to be just staring at the camera. Like, let's go play with holy powder or something. Like, be, be fun, be awesome, be whoever you are, and let's just have fun and then people get to see who you are which is what you've taught me hooray um, it all comes full circle it it's pretty cool like that um I do you know, know what's next in your business do you have like what is there anything that's whispering to you um i'm still just trying to put a lot of focus on you know, the, the working with brands and businesses and bloggers, it's a lot of alliteration there, but yeah, just doing that kind of thing. I love. And then with weddings, I'm, I'm trying to focus on smaller, like not even just elopements, which I love, but just like those small intimate weddings where it's like, Hey, we have 20 guests coming. We're going to do a ceremony and then like a dinner. I love those. And I, you know, I will totally take them Saturdays for big weddings and I'm like I'll take all of them because I love those so I'm trying to put a lot more focus on that and let people know like you're having a tiny little wedding I know I'm in because I think they're so special that's really what I'm focusing on at this point awesome and everybody needs to go and see the website because it's amazing um <laughs> very very different than website. the first time I laid eyes on it so like you're doing the things uh-huh um, I will include this was a lot of Kristen Kalp work that went into <laughs> right more calling Orson come in Orson more calling Orson come in Orson okay so 
that ended abruptly because the the audio, the cell phone was just like, I don't feel like doing that right now. And I don't know exactly why that is. So in the show notes, wherever you get podcasts slash at kristenkelp.com, you can look up the Alicia Bruce notes. Um, but she is at the, the Alicia Bruce.com. And from there, you can get to all of her things, the brand photos, the headshots, the weddings, the tiny weddings, the Paris trip, all of it lives there. So the Alicia Bruce.com and it's Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A Bruce, B-R-U-C-E.com. My many, many thanks to you for coming on uh, the Bruce. And, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this and that you can forgive my audio sins because bear is not happy with me right now (laughs) i will see you next week bye Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.